Happy Sunday and welcome to Brunch with Des B. I'm your host, Des, also known as Des B, here to provide you with your favorite way to start the week. Every Sunday, we explore new topics and dive into conversations that matter and some that truly do not. Tune in each week to smile, learn something new, and join your favorite brunch gang. Let's get into it. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to Brunch with Des B. I'm your host, Des, also known as Des B. And today, the B is for breaking down. Not really. It's a normal Tuesday night. I'm recording per huge. But man, I was like, there is no way I'm throwing on makeup tonight. There's no way I'm staying looking cute. I'm relaxing. And if you guys can't tell, I'm in this same exact outfit as I was last week. Different pajama pants. But I was like, I feel like I have to wear this outfit every week now, which it's my new Brunch with Des B merch. It's not out yet, so you haven't missed anything, but if you're watching on YouTube, make sure if you haven't already, give this video a thumbs up, subscribe. We actually hit 1K on Brunch with Desby the other day, and I was so proud. I was like, that's my baby, go baby. So um, the bad news is I thought I would be able to monetize, and basically what that means is like per 1,000 views, you get paid X amount. Um, Probably gonna be like 10 cents to start, but regardless, I was excited. Then I realized I didn't hit the other monetization, which is like X amount of views in a year span. So I'm like halfway there. It was actually a really disappointing realization when I hit 1K and that didn't happen. So it's right though. I hope you guys are having a great Sunday. I'm super excited to be here today. Kind of, honestly, I'm just kind of saying that to hype myself up because it is so hard to record at night after a long day. I feel like my brain hurts. I've been thinking about stuff all day. I've been working all day and then boom, I have to record. So first things first, again, if you're on YouTube, you're the cooler ones. You can see me right now. I'm in my eye gels, brunch with Desby merch. I have a new blankie. It's not new. It's actually old DBFT merch. It was from my groovy collection last May, but I was like, okay, this fits the vibe a little bit more than our nasty maroon one. And also with my eye gels on, these will be coming off soon, but You might be able to tell, maybe not, that I have a different lens on my camera. I bought a big boy lens. It looks good. It's a little less wide angle. So like, I feel like you don't get as much of the background to be determined if I will continue to use it. I think the quality is great, but like I did the mural for a reason. Like I want you guys to see it. So we'll see depending on how, how that feels. All right. So I want to dive right into a few things to speak about. Number one, if you guys did not listen to last week's episode, I opened up to you guys about my pap smear and how scary it was. I had to wait for results to come back, etc. I had quite a few of you reach out to me and share your stories with me about getting a negative pap smear and having precancerous cells in your cervical um, exam. With that being said, a lot of you were so passionate about sharing, just like, thank you for sharing that you went and got your pap smear. A lot of people don't because it's exactly that scary. So I just wanted to take this moment to reiterate, if you have not been to your OBGYN in years, or it's not something you do every year, please go do it. Please go do it. It's just like getting a mammogram once we get of age or getting breast exams as well. Please make sure you're just, you know, feeling yourself up. You know your body best. If anything ever feels off, go get it checked out. And I just know that those people who shared their stories with me were so vulnerable in doing that. And I felt it was my duty to just continue to share how important it is to go to the doctor. Um, Trust yourself. 
I know it's scary. There's so much anxiety going to the doctor, but you would rather go and be ahead of the curb if something were to be wrong, right? Okay, so first story of the day that I was very fucking passionate about because it was just the other day that I was thinking, you know what? Olivia Rodrigo has been real fucking quiet. I don't know if you guys saw the news. This is a couple weeks ago. Taylor Swift announced that Sabrina Carpenter will be opening for her in like her second leg of the era's tour. So basically what that means is that Miss Sabrina is going to have major clout fest. So she's not just opening for like a few of the era's tour nights. She's opening for every single fucking one. I believe in the other leg of the tour. I don't know if it's like South America, Europe. I don't know. I don't quote me on that, but I do know she's taking over for opening, which is huge. That's that's literally huge. With that being said, we all remember the Sabrina Carpenter and Olivia Rodrigo fiasco back in 2020. This is when driver's license came out and we're all like, who the fuck hurt her to make such a beautiful, raw, emotional song? Well, it was Sabrina Carpenter and her ex-boyfriend. So, well, Olivia's ex-boyfriend. Basically what had happened, TLDR, is that Sabrina dated her ex. That's kind of it. I don't think there was a lot of messiness involved in it. It was just more of like, she made a song, then Sabrina made a song. And then like, they both kind of were like clapping back at each other a little bit. Anyways, fast forward. Olivia Rodrigo is a huge Swifty, like loves Taylor Swift, always has. So there were rumors that like her and Taylor Swift were going to collab at one point. It never really happened, but Taylor expressed her support for Olivia. So roundabout circle here, I was shocked and a lot of people were shocked when they saw Sabrina Carpenter take the headliner when like Olivia Rodrigo should have, could have, maybe wouldn't have. I don't know. My point is, I started thinking about her and I'm like, you know what? Olivia's been real fucking quiet. She went, she dropped this banger of an album, Sour, that I still listen to on repeat. I was in like the one percentile of her top listeners on Spotify for my Spotify rap. Like it was an obsession. And then she kind of went radio silent. And I believe, I don't remember the podcast I was listening to. It might've been the toast. They mentioned that it was almost like the Addison Ray effect, which is like, she blew up in a very short amount of time. Shit started happening, hitting the fan. And then she kind of just like went MIA, which also like, I hope Addison Ray is, Addison Ray is doing well. See, I'm like not talking well. Anyways. So what's new though, li- leading me to this story is Olivia Rodrigo announces her first single in two fucking years. And it's called Vampire. So the only part of me and how I took that context was she's out for fucking blood. Like it is revenge body time. It's revenge music time. She has been just like in a fucking cave somewhere, just like writing music and like feeling all these emotions. Maybe she has like a, she's had like a medicinal experience. Maybe she's like tapped into a higher version of herself. She's out. She's out for blood, vampire. So quote me on that. It's going to be something about like she's out for like a revenge. Like I stay up all night. I think about this happening. It's going to be like, I'm staying up all night thinking about this happening and I'm coming back and I'm coming back for revenge. I'm out for blood because I'm a vampire. Fire, fire. Like it's going to be, I think it's going to be like kind of techno-y. It's going to be like pop, pop princess. Kind of what I'm vibing. I'll probably be completely wrong, but whatever. So that was story number one. Cause I was very excited to share that with you guys. I'm a passionate Rodrigo fan. So like, let's go. I need 2.0. Next up we saw today, actually Haley Bieber posted on her Instagram word for word. 
If you're leaving mean or rude comments on my behalf or anyone's on anyone's post, just know I do not support that or condone it. Um, hateful, mean, or nasty comments. Doing that is not supporting me. If you're participating in that, you're a part of a culture I don't want no part of. Oh, that I want no part of. I was like, damn, English girl. Please say something nice or don't say anything, basically is what she said. So people obviously have been, I believe, leaving um, Gomez nasty comments um, still. Are we ever going to get... Are we ever going to get over this? You know, I will say it's actually really sad to me that this whole Hailey Bieber, Selena Gomez drama that that started in like fucking what, 2012? Like, honestly, Coney 2012, it was really like Bieber Gomez. Well, at the time, you know, Baldwin Gomez, whatever you get the point. It's like, I hate that they have to hold this like teenage selves, like their fan base. Like this is literally their fan base looming this old narrative over them when like they I like individually they both want to so badly move on and I feel like it's one of those things that like it's never going to happen like I I don't think they're ever going to be able to live a normal life without that form of association um and I, I hate to even speak ill will of this but like say that like Justin and Haley were to ever like get divorced all it's going to do is resurface and people are going to then hate on Haley like, haha, we knew it was going to come like blah, blah. And then if Selena were to ever get married, Bieber fans like Haley Bieber fans are going to be like, LOL, like finally moving on. Like it, there's just never going to be like a piece. And it, like honestly makes me really sad because I'm sure not. A, I'm sure they don't like to fucking live in that drama all the time, but like they find themselves there and they bury themselves in it. So, all right, next story, <laughs> dude. I was going to wait till we discuss watches, but this has to be said right here and right now. I've watched episode two of The Idol. So The Idol is with Lily Rose Depp and Abel, aka The Weeknd, on HBO Max and a lot of other like, you know, people and characters, but they're the two main characters. I watched episode one and I couldn't decide if it kind of turned me on or turned me off. Like, it was such a sexual show. And I was like, okay, like, do I like this energy? Like, is it giving or is it taking? By the end of episode one, I was like, okay, I'm going to need to reevaluate next week. Like, I don't know what the plot is going to be. I'm kind of seeing where this is going, but I'm not sure. It was fucking weird. Okay. So then I I start episode two. I'm like, okay, here we go. She comes out um, with this song. She's like, guys, you need to hear this song. And then all of a sudden, Jocelyn, a.k.a. the main character, is like moaning on this whole track. I mean, this is 30 seconds into episode two. I'm like, oh, fuck, this is going to be a long fucking episode. So anyways, it ends up going and ending with the craziest sex scene slash sexual scene. Because there there wasn't really any like penetration or like visual penetration. It was so fucking weird. It was so fucking weird. Okay, so my point is, article comes out. The Idol loses 100,000 viewers on the second episode featuring, quote, the worst sex scene in the history, in history with Lily Rose Depp and The Weeknd. So this was a pretty, um, pretty passionate sex scene. Um, At this point, like I literally need to, dude, literally trigger warning ahead because this is so fucked up. Um, 
Okay, so this is the quote from the article. In what British GQ has called the worst sex scene in history, Jocelyn pleasures herself as Tedros, aka The Weeknd, instructs her to make that throat wet for me and demands that she effing stretch that tiny little pussy. And people were outraged. Um, so disgusting. Um, like... It was not even, I mean, listen, I know some people are into like some really pornographic hard shit. Like, I think that that's a borderline problem. Like, I think in my opinion, I believe porn in shows like this can present a true issue in sexual experience for women, women and men, because I think that women can be expected to want to be this hypersexual when some are not, not shaming those that are, but I think that it can misplace judgment from men and what they expect from women when they see really hardcore fucking porn and shows when some men simply cannot like disassociate a TV show from what would be reality. So like shows like this where it's like virtually soft porn I really find issue with because it makes me super uncomfortable thinking that there could be other men out there watching this, expecting their wives or their partners to kind of participate in the same acts. Not saying that it doesn't happen consensually, but for some people can just place like this idea of sexual experience that is like actually not reality. Does that make sense? And you guys will have to weigh in on that. Like, I feel like that's my biggest issue with the porn industry in general is it's not only a true addiction for a lot of people, but it also can like really eliminate what sex is for a lot of people naturally versus like what they think it should be. If that makes sense. You following? So anyways, I was not shocked when I read that article, but I was also kind of shocked because I didn't know if people would really take to the show and be like horned up about it or if they would kind of turn it away. People were kind of saying that the idol was going to be not a spinoff, but like a same vibe of Euphoria because it's written by the same writer, which seems to be he's a little fucked up. Okay, like I'm sorry, but a little fucked up to put teenagers in adult situations in Euphoria and then put these adults in really x-rated situations in this show so anyways I read that I was like holy shit um not shocked but also you guys will have to let me know if you're reading it or if you're watching it what you guys think last little um article that I found because I was like oh my gosh this is so interesting I didn't know this was happening Nicki Minaj is recovering from a breast reduction she is going in to start filming like I think a music video for I think the the song is literally called Barbie World for the new movie Barbie. So she says she uh well she reveals a photo that says new boobs and then she says tweets four days into recovery right now feels okay. I got lipo so my thighs hurt a lot if I move too much but I'm healing really fast. Um, she also clarified her breasts were reduced to a 32C, which that's like very small for how big she was, and she had fat removed and instead of a fat transfer. Um, oh, she had fat removed instead of a fat transfer to another area of her body. This was, this is what killed me though. And why I was like, I need to share this story. This is the kind of confidence we all need to have ladies. And I quote, I wish I could suck my own titties. That's how good they look right now. Goddamn. Just want to read that one more time. I wish I could suck my own titties. That's how good they look right now. Goddamn. 
if I don't have that type of energy daily, if I don't have that type of confidence, I don't want to be alive. You know what I mean? Like Nicki, Nicki Minaj is truly what I'm striving for in my journey of self-confidence <laughs> for real. So, okay, moving on. Those stories are always just so fun to kind of gl- uh, gloss over. We have uh, a little bit of a hair update. Okay. So first off, um, we're over a weekend, almost two weeks in loving my hair. I think it was a great decision. If you are in between cutting it or not, just do it. It's fucking hair. It grows back. Stop being a bitch. You'll figure out how to style it. Okay. I promise. I promise you will. Half the times I roll out of bed and it just, it works. It's kind of gives, gives that like morning sassiness. I'm obsessed. Um, another big announcement in my side of the world, I will have a whole YouTube video on this on Wednesday, but I am tracking my food again. I know that's crazy. It's been three and a half years since I have tracked a single fucking calorie macro meal snack, pre-workout, post-workout Starbucks drink. I don't give a fuck. Um, first time I've tracked, I've been tracking the past two days. It's been 48 hours. So, you know, we're very fresh. However, it's funny how it just kind of like snaps back. Um, and yeah, I've, I've learned a lot about myself even in the past 48 hours in the past three and a half years, like kind of where I'm at now, how I look at food, how I view it, my choices and everything. I mean, I'm eating a lot of food. My goal right now is to grow and hopefully continue to do that through the summer, um, into the fall, maybe do a little bit of like a mini cut, probably like end of August. I have a pretty big photo shoot that time. And, you know, I just kind of want to like clean it up. Um, I'm not necessarily like bulking very hard, you know, like there's a very big difference between bulking at like square one and then bulking when you have the exact like outline, you just have to kind of like go in there a little bit deeper, you know, kind of nitpick. So I'm going to try to remain, I don't want to use the word lean because I'm totally fine gaining weight, but the idea for me isn't to go gain a ton of excess weight. There is different ways to approach that type of experience. And so, um, yeah, I'm officially tracking my calories and, um, I have a full YouTube video on Wednesday where I kind of walk you guys through a little bit more, share a little bit more and kind of where my goals are to go with this. Um, but I'm sure you could kind of put the pieces together, um, that I would absolutely love to compete again. And I think I'm going to aim for a show in next spring. So we'll see. That was also kind of the the reason why I cut my hair (laughs) because I was like, okay, by next spring, I could definitely get extensions back in, have my long ass hair, whatever. Um, and like, feel good. I don't know why long hair is a competition thing. Like, I think it's just that it's sexy. Like it's, uh, feminine. It's, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's pretty. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just like the thing to do in competing is have long hair. Um, I think it also kind of for people like me who have very dominant backs, it can help us kind of hide what our backs look like. Um, because bikini is kind of softened up a little bit over the past couple of years. So it's not so much about coming in as lean as you can and being like super rock hard in muscles. Um, it's kind of about having like a soft overall, like athletic look to you. So since I'm pretty tall, I can get away with a lot of like muscle on my legs and my glutes and hamstrings. But when it comes to my back, it's just like pretty evident. So I think long hair can help cover that up. So regardless, follow the journey. I'm excited. Um, obviously, you know, intention to, to compete in spring, but if I feel like it's not right in my heart, I feel like if it's not my time, whatever it may be, like I have so much life to live. And especially as a female athlete, we don't even reach peak muscle until like even our thirties, I would argue. So 
when it comes to like overall muscle maturity right now, I am so young quote. So I have a lot of time. Um, but I'm really, I'm really anxious and excited, (laughs) um, to see where this goes and to kind of update you guys, share with you guys how I'm feeling and also share some like insight, you know, be able to help you guys a little bit more again with like macro friendly meals and just stuff like that, that I feel like, you know, I haven't really been able to share cause I, I don't do it. Um, but I'm excited to kind of be back in that realm. So, um, very exciting. Stay tuned. Okay. Last few things. Story launch was last week. Okay. We got reds, we got blues. We have new like reveal shelf tanks, opposition, long line bras, perseverance shorts, perseverance tights. We have a lot of like new stuff. Um, I'll be very honest. Like story just hasn't been doing it for me lately. It's not that the quality isn't there. It's, it's just like the colors and the prints right now, like aren't just aren't really like me. I really, really loved the red, but I've also gotten so many packages lately that I feel like I I've worn something like once or twice. And then like, I, it just hasn't recycled in my like clothing yet. So story is just, it's, it, they're a different type of brand. You know, Katie makes a very simplistic brand and you know, you know me, I like my like loud prints. I like, you know, the fun stuff. So hasn't really been speaking to my soul, but I, it doesn't mean it doesn't speak to yours. So new story. Okay. Does be as always Paragon launched last week. I'm going to be honest by the time I'm recording this, I, I doubt there's anything left. Like, you know, it was, it was a brand new launch. It was the first prince we've ever seen from Paragon, which was so fucking revolutionary. Like I've been with Paragon for so long since the beginning, like one of the first prototypes of leggings. Like it's so cool to see where we're at now. Um, and just, the, 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 everything about it. I'm just, I'm so proud of them. I'm so proud to see what they've grown through. You know, they're, they're two guys that created this brand and they've now expanded obviously, but they weren't like influencers. Okay. Like these were just two businessmen who operated out of like a house for a while, you know? And I think that's really cool. Any influencer can make their own clothing brand and it can do pretty well, but to kind of go into the space with like no experience, no understanding of women's athletic wear. I just think they did a really great job at like listening to feedback and continued to grow a brand that's really reputable and like recognized now. I think it's super cool. Um, buff bunny launch is this coming week, the naked collection, not my favorite. I voiced this. It just, it feels so much like a fall launch. I'm just, I'm sad that this didn't, and who's to say that they maybe moved up the launch, right? But I'm just, I'm sad that this didn't come out like in like August or September. Like, I just feel like it's a really nice warm launch with like a ton of like different colors. And I just feel like it, it just like, is not the time for me, you know, um, still great launch. A lot of great pieces. I really love the new ribbed seamless leggings, short bra and long sleeve, Um, quite a few pieces I don't like. I do have that on my YouTube channel. You can check that out from Friday. I have a full like dedicated Buff Bunny review video. It's not super long either. It's very straight and to the point. Next up, yesterday, Petula launched Desert Heat. I'm just, I said this last week. I will say it again because I'm just passionate about it. Paragon and Petula have just been really exceeding like all of my benchmarks of active wear lately. Like they've just done such a great job. They're really putting a lot of effort into like their marketing campaigns and their posts and their influencers. Like I can just tell when people are like putting new effort into something and it's just like so evident that they're, they're working so hard. Um, and I would argue like Petula is a smaller business than, you know, like Buff Bunny and Story. Um, the owner, Sammy, you know, she's pretty well known, but by no means 
is she like a buff bunny? Like with all due respect, like it's just, it's like, it's facts. So I love what she's been able to build again, like herself with the help of, you know, affiliates and all these people involved, but it's been really cool. Um, I'm just really proud of them. So all new stuff code does be as always, you're either saving money or saving on shipping. Um, and then big news, kind of fun news. I have a new collaboration coming. If you guys followed me for like a long ass time, I'm talking back to like 2016. I was collaborated with a while with Vuray. Vuray is like a, a gym bag. This is how they started. It was like purely gym bags, like just cute gym bags. We don't have cute gym bags here in 2016. We're going to step in. We're going to make them. That's what they said. So Vuray has continued to grow. We kind of fell out of contact when I moved to Florida because like some people I was affiliated with uh, lost my address, right? And then we just like lost contact. So with that being said, they reached back out to me a couple weeks ago and was like, hey, Des, like we recognize you. We still love your stuff. Would love to talk. So we've been emailing and um, discussing moving forward into like a collaboration, which I'm super excited. You guys are get 25% off with my code once it's active. So we're in the, in the finalization of like submitting things and like seeing what this looks like in a partnership. And I'm really excited. I think gym bags are like gym bags, phone cases, and shoes are probably all I have to like cross off my list. So as much as like Buff Bunny makes bags, Petula makes puffed totes bag, tote bags, you know, et cetera. It kind of is more of like a, they're, they're dedicated to bags. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. I think it'll be really fun, especially with like the kids travel, you know, stuff like that. It's going to be really great. Um, so yeah, super excited about that. Let's go ahead, get into our next segment for watches. So we already talked about the idol um, it's just not a vibe for me. I, I really wouldn't recommend you watching it. Like I'm going to just straight up say it, not recommending it, um, at all. I'm not recommending it at all. I'm going to keep watching for the sake of doing you guys a favor, but I wouldn't like waste 45 minutes of your time watching this show. That's, that's literally all I have to say. Next up, Cruel Summer. Very interesting how they took on season two was really hoping they were going to bring back the main characters and continue from where we left off in season one, because I feel like there was a lot of fucking answers that we were missing. Okay. Like, hello, answer my questions. Um, so with cruel summer season two, they have a whole new storyline. Um, first episode, you know, not too bad. It kind of had me like, you know, one eyebrow up kind of like, Hmm. Okay. Episode two, you know, turned up the heat a little bit. I think the one thing about Cruel Summer that you really have to be open-minded with is the idea that you have these weird twisting timelines and it, it can sometimes get very visually overwhelming for me. Is that just my eyeballs being like little bitches? I don't know, but it goes from like 1999 to like 1997, 2000. And whenever they switch scenes, it's filmed in a different color. So it's kind of like a blue haze, kind of like a, a black and white almost like a, a dark and then one's like bright and vibrant and it goes with kind of the vibe of what's going on in this person's life right and I love it I think visually it makes sense and it's it's super smart and it's very innovative and a really cool way to kind of switch times and like show you what timeline you're in but it's not it's kind of confusing to get into so if you're watching Cruel Summer for the first time on it's on HBO Max I'm sorry Hulu don't be shocked if you're like, what fucking year it is. I had to look up synopsises for both episodes because I'm like, I feel like I missed so fucking much. So we'll see. Again, I'm going to continue watching it for you guys. And if you guys want to watch it with me, it's on, I think, every Tuesday at at 9 p.m. Or maybe it's Sunday at 9. Um, I'm watching a lot of shows now, so <laughs> I'm not sure which one, but you'll have to check it out. 
Next up, the Kardashians. God damn it, guys. I was fucking roped in, okay? I saw people talk about Courtney and Kim like feuding. I was like, God damn. All right, I'm in. You know what I mean? Like, I'm in, team. So I went ahead and started watching. I have to say, like, ever since I watched season quote one of Kardashians on Hulu. I've really loved it. I think the production is just top notch. It's so different than E network. Like I really love how they're able to kind of film now versus what they did. It's a great couple episodes. So I think it shows a lot of like reality as always, but I, some of it feels orchestrated as always. Like, you know, at the end of the day, the Kardashians are always trying to like save their ass to where when you watch these back, you're like, Oh man, I felt bad for them then. Or, you know, whatever. I like the Kardashians. I think that there's some fucked up shit, just like within any family. I think there's a lot of just stuff that we'll never know until one of them dies. No offense. But I think that at the end of the day, I can appreciate what they've built. And a lot of people would argue, well, they inherited clout. And you know, yeah, I agree. But you still have to go out and chase that money. You still have to chase that back. You know, Rob Kardashian, like Robert Jr. I think Is it Robert Jr.? I don't fucking know. The, the son. Where's he at? You know, like I think he had like a sock collection at one point, but my point is it takes perseverance and it still takes like a business mentality to go out and use your name as a business, you know, so I can still appreciate the grind, you know, but yeah, Chris is, Chris is looking uh, old, dude. I'm not going to lie. When I watched it, there was a few scenes I was like, holy shit, dude, Chris, Chris is aged, which like, hell yeah. Like I, I fucking hope she would age, but it's just kind of like crazy when you start to see them all grow older and you're like, oh my God, like they do, they look more mature and you know, it's, it's crazy. So anyways, absolutely love, highly recommend. Again, if you guys want to watch with me, um, that I think that's every Thursday, definitely a win. Last one. And I know I'm going to, I hear already the people cheering for me. I've, I finally started Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> I know, I know. Take a second, take a second, clap it up clap it up. I know. I told you so. I told you to do it. I know. I know. Shut up. I did it. I'm only on episode one. And then I got like 20 minutes into episode two. And this, this takes place starting in 2013. So this is before just not only did they age as a cast, but also before, you know, filler and hair extensions and all this stuff, they were like, they were poor at the time, um, as waiters at Sir and waitresses. So it's interesting to see how, you know, money has allotted them to like glow up. You know, if they always tell you, you're not ugly, you're just poor. And I, I really do stand by that. Like I was, I was simply uglier before I budgeted and got filler. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm uglier without my lips. I'm uglier without my Botox. And I, I say that as a joke. Okay. Like, listen, I love myself, you know, love your body, love your body, whatever. But the point is, is like, you're not ugly or just poor. And that is hundred percent true. So regardless, I'm really loving it so far. I can see why you guys are so addicted to it. Like it's not like a, it's not like a Kardashian. It's not like a Jersey shore. It's not like real world. It's it. There's something about it. That's just, it's fun. It's unique. I like the idea of like the restaurant aspect. I love the idea of like Lisa Vanderpump, like this business mogul, badass woman. Like I just, I like the vibe. I can see why it's just different. It's a different type of watch. So really excited to literally trailblaze through it. Like I will probably be watching multiple episodes a week and I just, I really enjoyed it. So hundred percent go watch it's on Peacock, but I actually got mine on YouTube TV. Um, I've had YouTube TV for like years now because we don't have ever have cable and that's the closest thing we can get to cable without having it. So 
Luckily, I was able to do that. I just looked it up and it played Bravo and it had all the seasons played back. So if you're a YouTube TV user already, highly recommend. Um, or you can get it on Peacock. I think Peacock's like $5.99 a month, like something like that. So definitely worth it. Just get even the seven day trial. I bet you could make it through in seven days if you really just like put your heart to it. <laughs> That'd be a lot. Okay, last corner. Other than our watch corner, we have our skincare corner. Really exciting. You Beauty came out with tinted lip compound. So this lip compound is like a, it's kind of like a plumping compound, but it also eliminates like fine lines and wrinkles around the mouth. It's a really powerful lip gloss, lip compound. Like it's not just your, your road lip peptides, you know, it's not just your Dior lip oil. Like this shit is like formulated to change. You know what I mean? To change your lips, to enhance your lips. So I'm really excited. It's something I use every night before bed between my like Tula hydration overnight mask, which is like the Krista Horton one. It's sold out right now, sadly. Um, my, my, my Tatcha, it's Tatcha, but it's like kiss you mask, kiss you mask, lip mask at night. Um, my Laneige, but they like test on animals, which, you know, I'm going to be honest. I never really like, it sounds terrible. I never really cared about like I don't mean for that to sound bad. It was just, it was, it was a really good lip product for me and I never really dove into that. So I was like, okay, well, like I'm still going to use it. I haven't bought from them since I found out, but like, I was like, I'm still going to use the product I have, you know? So I use that. And then the U beauty lip compound, which is great. Um, the, the rose color seems to be my favorite. Um, fawn is really pretty, but cassia or cassia, however, they, it's a really dark, like brown. So just be aware of that. Like that's probably not a color that you would want on your skin type. Um, if you're like pale as fuck like me. Um, but I think it would look beautiful on other skin, skin tones. Just like literally not mine, not mine. I'm like way too white. It looks like maybe if I had like an elevated makeup look, but not for like everyday use, right? Like if I'm like going to the grocery store, probably shouldn't put that on. It's going to be really obvious, you know? So I like the rose color and then the fawn. And then of course they have universal, which is clear. Uh, Tula skincare code 25% off is over. Okay. We do have a new product coming next month in July. (laughs) I'm so fucking excited for this. And I'm even more excited to see where it takes Tula. Like, and that's all I can really say. I literally cannot give away anything else. I'm so fucking excited though. Um, last thing too, Dibs Beauty came out with their beauty brush for your body. So your body brush for the status stick, which is my favorite highlight stick. I usually like moisture. I rub it into like moisturizing lotion and put it on my body when I like go out or something, but which like isn't often. I want to make that clear but I do love the product. So the beauty brush I went ahead and bought because you can actually put your status stick on and like rub it in with this body brush. Like it's going to be great. I can't wait to get it in the mail. Okay. Before we get into our last and final segment, let's go ahead, have a note from our beautiful partners, BetterHelp, which by the way, I'm still very much in therapy. I just only talk to my therapist two times a month now, which is huge for me because I was like a two time a week girl for a while. I was going through it, but I only talk to her like two times a month now, which is great. We basically just catch up like BFFs, except she doesn't tell me anything and I tell her everything. But that's the beauty beauty of BetterHelp. Okay, so let's jump into the ad and then we'll jump into the last segment. podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. 
I talk about BetterHelp a lot, seeing as that it's benefited me in the past two years. Some people think, you know, maybe, oh, things have to get really bad until you can go to therapy. You're like, I'm not depressed. Why do I need therapy? But really therapy is a tool to where you're using it before things were to get worse and to avoid being at your lowest low. I don't know about you, but why the fuck would you want to get to your lowest low before you climb out to the, to that top again, right? BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video and even live chat sessions with your therapist. You don't have to see anyone on your camera. You don't have to wear pants. You don't even have to put on pajamas. You could be naked wherever you're at and do a therapy session with your therapist. So for me personally, I like to put my AirPods in. I'll walk around my desk room. I'll go for a walk outside when it's nice out, whatever it may be. And that's what works for me. It is customizable and it is more affordable than most in-person therapy. You can get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try. See why over two million, million, trillion people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. And girls, don't forget to get on betterhelp.com slash Desby and put in that discount code. If you forget that, you do not get that 10% off your first month. And that is the deal with being a listener of Brunch with Desby. Thank you, BetterHelp. Make sure that you go use code Desby or share this with a friend. You know, it's not always you that might need the therapy, okay, but you might know someone. And transparently, the first time I even started therapy, and I'll say this story till I died, Emily was the one that told me, like, I think you need a little bit more help. And she knew I was struggling postpartum, and I haven't turned back since. So don't think you are coming from a negative place by sharing something like that with a friend or giving a resource. I think we need to be more receptive to that and know that there's only people looking out for us. I would rather someone come to me and be like, Des, I think you might need some therapy than never say shit to me. Cause at least they're overthinking about me, right? Like I'd rather have a friend that's overthinking about me than not think about me at all. Period. <laughs> um, okay. Let's get into the last segment. I actually had feedback yesterday, uh, last episode from someone. I wish I could pull up the comment and they're like, could you like just a little like feedback? What if you like talked about your main topic in the beginning and then like saved housekeeping for the end? And I like, I thought about it. Like I really did. I was like, yeah, I do talk a lot in the beginning, but I was like, if I gave away the good piece of the cake in the beginning, who's going to listen to just hear the spoon clink? You know what I mean? So I'm only give you, giving you guys like the spoon clinking and the icing in the beginning. And then we finish with the cake, you know, like stick around or be stuck in the past. That's all I'm saying. So sorry that I talk a lot, but this also is my show. It's my show. I love saying that it's mine. So also I'm just kidding. I say that out of love. I hope you guys know, like I am legitimately a part-time comedian. So I understand that you might sometimes be like, okay, when is she serious versus when is she not? But if it sounds literally outlandish or like very narcissistic or self-absorbed I'm I'm playing into a bit <laughs> like I'm playing into like like it's my show it's my show like that's like a joke right like I'm playing into the idea that like yes it's my show but I'm being a bitch about it in a joke or is it a joke no I'm just kidding it's a joke so I hope you guys just I hope most of you can pick up my comedian aspect because you know what if I had more more balls I would 100% be a stand-up comedian. Like, I think I would be fucking hilarious. If you gave me 
a literal like time to like write out like a script and like a, a you know, a story and like a stand up comedy show, I think I'd be fucking hilarious. And I think a lot of it comes down to delivery and girl, I know how to deliver. Okay. So our last segment, I want to go through a few different things that I saw of is, is this like a hot take? Is this a hot take hot or not basically? Shall we? Okay. So the first one I'm going to name it and then I'm going to kind of give someone's vibe that they gave back. And then I'm going to talk about it. Only a few. Cause these are pretty, these can be hefty hot take. We should stop recording strangers without their explicit consent. Of course, this is not taking into account actions such as robberies or violence, etc. I'm referring to the onslaught of online content where people have recorded pranks, arguments, and videos of the altercations of third parties. For example, videos taken by staff of restaurants of strangers who are rude or such for the purpose of placing it on social media. People should not live their lives in the routine that cameras are watching their every move or their next mistake will be broadcasted for trial by Twitter. I have mixed feelings about this because we live in an age where like saying you can't, you know, you can't expect to be on camera anytime is just, it's not, it's not reality anymore. You know, like it's just, it's not reality. Everyone has their phones. Everyone's going to pull it out to record and someone's going to upload it. Like it's just going to happen. I think sometimes this can work out for really great things. Like for example, the fucking yodeler in Walmart. Okay. He was singing. If someone hadn't have pulled out his phone and put it on TikTok, little, whatever, Nathan Ramsey, wouldn't be yodeling and having a little bit of like a seven minutes of fame, you know? So like, I think that there is a, there's a difference between being respectful and then a difference between just like utilizing an opportunistic time to like exploit someone but it's really hard. Like I agree overall with the take, but I think it's more so like, I don't believe that's realistic. And at the end of the day, sadly, like, yeah, we do have to know that anything we could be in the background of any video we could be, um, recorded. I mean, like the government's already tracking our phone anyway. So what's the difference between someone (laughs) recording it, putting on Twitter? Um, and again, I say that as a joke, but just, you know, you kind of got to just be conscious anywhere now. I don't know. What do you guys think about that one? I feel like that's a pretty, pretty insane. Like that, that's a heavy one. There's a lot of takes that we could like kind of go off on little journeys and talk about. Next one, a person wanting a child shouldn't mean they deserve to have them. I mean, think about it. Just about anybody can have a kid. It's way too casual of a conversation if we shouldn't, should have them when they're a big major life commitment. They're not just babies. They're a whole ass human being with thoughts and personality. Everyone wants a baby, but never thinks super far ahead. Don't even get me started on people who abuse their children emotionally and physically. It all started with them wanting a kid and everyone automatically bandwagons to support it. But that doesn't mean that they should. A person wanting a child shouldn't mean they don't deserve, shouldn't mean they deserve to have one. That is, okay, it's really hard because right there we teeter this idea of body autonomy, right? At what point do we tell a woman or a person, sorry, you can't have a kid, when again it comes down to like their body? So I don't like it for that reason, right? I don't like the idea of forcing something black or white down someone's throat just because they're not fit to have a child or something of that sort. I think we could have a little bit better education and resources for mothers and mothers to be to really educate on the experience that is ahead of them. 
I think we could have more maternal support for mothers regardless, like just in fucking general. Um, but I, again, I can see like what this is saying it, and it is a hot take cause it's really hard to find that like black or white boundary. There's so much gray in between. Um, however, I'm sure we all know someone who shouldn't have had a child, you know, and, and we know that someone because they have maybe abused their children, um, allowed others to abuse their children or simply abandon their children. And you know, that that's not healthy either because who lives with that trauma? Yes, the mother, cause she did that, but also the kid. And so I, I do see where there's a line of just like, it's sad, you know, because then we have all these kids in foster, uh, the foster system, foster system. What, why did that sound weird to me? The foster sin, sis, system, foster child syndrome, syndrome. All right. Anyways, you guys know what I'm saying. We have all these children who are, are wanting parents and wanting uh, parental guidance and they can't even have it now. So again, hot take. I would be curious what you guys think, but I think hearing other people's like thoughts behind it, though, what I'm reading is also interesting too. A majority of people are good. I'm sick of hearing people say that everyone is bad and only has bad intentions. People don't care. If anything, we are born neutral. We grow up to tend to one end of the spectrum or the other, but you can't sit here and claim that everyone is a snake sent from Satan preying on your downfall. And I'm sure this is how some people end up isolated from others. They think everyone is against them in some way and they block anyone from trying to form connections. I think we all need to be more nuanced in our speech whenever we talk, to be honest, because seriously, a majority of people are good. P.S. How would you all define a good person? Just curious. I would agree that I think that the majority of people come from a good place. I think a majority of people out in the world really do mean well. Um, I think that we live in a society and we've continued to just breed a society that is very over analytical of what is presented in front of, in front of them. We, we overanalyze things. We take them way to just direct into the point. So, so sometimes I think we overanalyze and then sometimes I think we underanalyze. Like sometimes we overthink what someone said, but then sometimes we take it way too basic and then we're like, oh, they're a bitch. You know, it's like we don't read into maybe why they shared something or why they said something. So I'm definitely in between that. I think, you know, what does define a good, what does define a good person? Um, What defines a good person? I cannot talk tonight. I think a good person is defined by certain qualities and certain traits um, that allow positive energy to not only seep out of them, but lead into other people's lives. Like, I think a good person is someone that can come into your life and your presence and add to it, never take away. Now, there's going to be days where that good person has a bad day. So I I would say maybe not always take it away, you know, like, oh, they're bad people, but they're allowed to have bad days too. But I think overall, if you have a person around you that just enhances your quality of life, in an overall scheme, I would consider them a good person. Um, even if that's just a single run, run through, um, you know, maybe you just see this person one time in your whole life at the gas station, but they helped you grab a drink from the top shelf. Like that to me is still a good person in that single, like experience you had with them. Right. So yeah, that's how I would define a good person. I think it's all about energy to me, to be honest. Like I think everyone has so many different uh, traits, quirks, personality types. I wouldn't say it's like, oh, it's someone who's really humble. I've met a lot of people that aren't humble, but they're great people. You know, it's like, they're just really confident in themselves. So I I wouldn't say it comes down to like a certain character trait. It comes down to energy. What do you guys think? 
People who get scammed by, quote, celebrities deserve it. Unless you're old and senile with poor cognitive functions, I refuse to feel bad for people that drain their accounts to pay celebrity scammers. Maybe I lack serious empathy, but I genuinely can't wrap my head around being sympathetic to people that fall for emails, Twitter messages, DMs, Facebook messages from an unverified celebrity that asks them for monetary help. Google is free and the stories people fall for can easily be proven as fake with a quick search. If you can't be bothered to do a quick verification, then you deserve to lose however much money you stupidly send. I don't consider this unpopular, but when I brought this up to friends, they were upset with me for not being understanding that people go through this. No, I genuinely think you're fucking stupid if you do that. Like, I'm sorry, like Nellie, R. Kelly, fucking Justin Timberlake. I'm literally naming the most random people. 50 Cent, (laughs) Eminem. They're not in your fucking messages. Okay. Like I think there was actually, you know what? Take me back to like 2008. I swear to God, there's a catfish episode where this woman thought she was dating Bow Wow. I think it was Bow Wow. And I remember watching the catfish episode and I'm like 10 years old. I'm like, this, this bitch is stupid. There's no way it's really Bow Wow. And guess what? It fucking wasn't, you know, you know what I mean? Like if you are not, I, I totally agree. I totally agree with that. If you can't take a quick fucking second to Google is this person, you know, real, or if you can't look at their photos and confirm their account or whatever it may be. Yeah. You're fucking stupid. Like you, you should not be sending money to anyone for that exact reason. People should expect others to betray them and plan accordingly. Anyway, people say humans are social creatures when I guess, which I guess is true, but I feel like socializing should only be used to your reach to reach your next objective. Anything outside of that, it can only backfire on you. Basically, it's saying you should never tell people your vulnerabilities. It will only ever hurt you. If you plan on being in the public light, never send nudes. They will 100% be leaked. If you're dating someone, make plans in your head for when they eventually screw you over or cheat. Same with normal friends for when they screw you over. Don't tell them too much information about yourself as they already have a leverage and advantage over you. Personally, I prefer to know more about them then they know about me just in case something happens. But it's crazy to me that people act so surprised when their significant others cheat on them or their best friend of 10 years screws them over. Welcome to the world, I guess. You should rely on yourself. Don't put trust in others. I don't really like that because I feel like if you come into the world with the intention that everything's out to get you, it will be out to get you. And I kind of think that comes down to like, again, the idea of like energy and like what you speak is so powerful and what you think is so powerful and call that woo-woo or not like, bitch, did you say you were having a bad day and then ended up having a worse fucking day? Exactly. Like it's the way that you're speaking into the world. So I say that this person just seems really emotionally distraught and sad because if you can't trust a person and and know in your whole mind, self, body energy that they won't screw you over, like that's fucked up. I don't like the idea that they they're living their whole life, even preparing for the idea of someone screwing them over. Like you can't live a full and happy life if you're constantly preparing for the disappointment you will have in others. You can't, I stand by that. Puppies are overrated. The first sentence is sending me. They piss and shit everywhere. (laughs) They eat your expensive pair of Bose noise canceling headphones. They destroy your brand new sofa. They're sick all over the passenger seat of your car. They incur huge costs at the vet when they eat a piece of broken glass, when you are kindly taking them for a walk. Dogs are great. Puppies are sent by Satan to do his work on earth. 
if you can't handle puppies, don't have a child. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what the worst thing, at least with a puppy, when they're bad, you can put them in a kennel. You can't put a child in a kennel. That is negligence and you will go to jail. So in my opinion, I totally agree. Puppies are overrated. They're super cute. They're the cutest, but then they're just little shits. So I agree with that, but it is funny. Um, they're sent by Satan to do his work on earth. I do agree. Puppies are very much overrated. Okay. A few more life insurance is the most important type of insurance. Life insurance can provide financial security for your loved ones in the event of your death, helping them to play, pay expenses such as funeral costs, mortgage payments, daily living expenses. Life insurance is important in order to ensure generational wealth. I would actually completely agree. Like life insurance is probably the most important thing to have for those below you or around you. Um, we have life insurance, State Farm, Shout out to Kyle Burns. He works over here in Stevensville, Michigan. He's the best State Farm representative we know. I agree though. Life insurance is extremely important. Um, This is how you can help your loved ones in the event of something tragic happening. And I don't think people get on life insurance as fast as they should. You know, Wyatt and I had life insurance when we were even 23. Um, Wyatt has technically had life insurance his whole life. His parents got life insurance for him when he was a baby our kids already have life insurance. So it's so important because it's the, it's one of the insurances that actually are going to, is going to pay you back for paying into it. You know what I mean? Like health insurance, you pay for health insurance. Um, well in most cases or your, like your job does, sometimes you don't use it. You know, you, you don't always break your arm, but what if that's why you have it with life insurance? It's like, I'm sorry. Oh, you're going to die. You might not break your arm, but you're going to fucking die at some point. So I think health insurance is extremely important. I stand by that as well. (laughs) This is actually really funny. Having there be one rainy day on a tropical vacation is the best. (laughs) If I'm going on a seven day tropical-esque vacation, give me that one day that is a complete wash. I'm thinking an all-inclusive style trip where day four, this would be my desired day. It just pours all day and you hang inside with everyone, lobby and booze. There's something about that day of rain. You mentally being on vacation, it's still warm and just watching nature run its course. That is the most euphoric experience ever. Like I completely agree. Give me a tropical vacation if I'm on it for seven days. If I'm on it for four days, it better not fucking rain, okay? But if I'm on there five, six, seven days, I absolutely agree. Throw in a day of rain, throw in a day of thunderstorms. Like I'm cool with it. I think it gives you a nice vibe. You still have like Hakuna Matata, nothing to do, but then you kind of get this like, you know, warm, cuddly vibe inside of just like being inside and, you know, hanging out with your pals, being a little bit more connected than maybe you would be by the pool. So I stand by that one. That That's a great, a great point. Okay. Last one. We're going to wrap up here. I just think it's kind of funny because I'll get there. Olive Garden is fire. <laughs> Let me preface by saying I come from a heavily Italian background. 90% of my family still lives over there. And my grandma, who does reside in the U.S., barely speaks in English, cooks all her food from scratch, the noodles, the sauce, the veggies from her garden, and her food is the best I've ever had in my life. But why are people always like Olive Garden isn't even real Italian? No fucking shit. I don't go there for our authentic Italian food. I go there because it's $10 for unlimited soup and salad and breadsticks and a plate of noodles. I don't give a fuck if it's microwaved. It's cheap and good. Yeah. If I was paying $80 a meal, I wouldn't like it, but I'm paying $20. So I fucking love it. I'll go a step further and say that those corporate restaurants are fire. Chili's, Red Lobster, Applebee's are all fucking gas and fucking cheap. 
Wow. I will agree. Chili's, Red Lobster, Applebee's, um, honestly slap. You know, Red Lobster and Olive Garden to me and to my family, that was, that was fine dining for me. Okay. Like, let me tell you this. Let me reference it like this. My birthday every year for probably six to eight years on end, we went to KFC for my birthday. We went to Kentucky Fried Chicken. And the only reason we did that was because my grandma was the manager at KFC. So we didn't have to pay for our buffet. Therefore, me growing up and when my parents took us to Red Lobster sometimes for like my mom's birthday or something like that, that was five-star dining. That was a five-star experience. Not four, not three. That was five, okay? Michelin restaurants, fucking sushi. I, I never even experienced that shit till college. I didn't know what, you know, fine dining was. That to me was fine dining. And I totally agree with the price point. Like I'm not going there for a Michelin restaurant, five-star Gordon Ramsay Italian dish. Like I'm going there because it's pretty fucking good. The vibes are great. The breadsticks are fire. The salad is fire. And the plates are like, what was it at one point? Buy one plate, take one home. Do you guys remember that one? Like the Olive Garden specials, like buy one, take two home or some shit. It was like nuts. We would go there all the time in college. Dude, I'd be set for food for like three days in college. It was amazing. So I totally agree. Olive Garden's fire. Honestly, that sounds so good. Maybe I'm going to take a trip there soon. Like, I, I mean, I think that is almost my calling. You know, now I'm tracking macros. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have to track him. I'm going to have to pull out the PDF, figure out what I can eat there. But, you know, honestly, at that point, shove two breadsticks down the goblet with some salad. <sighs> They're fucking ravioli. Oh, my God. So good. Um, calamari. Mm, so good. Mm -hmm. I'm just. I'm fucking licking my fingers. Finger looking good. That's KFC, but you know, whatever. So anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I had fun tonight. I was not vibing coming down here. I was like, dude, it's, it's literally nine Oh seven right now. So it was about eight o'clock when I came down, put the kids down late. And I was like, son of a bitch. Why do I always do this to myself on Tuesday nights? But here we are. Yielded a great episode and I hope you guys enjoyed it. So have a great night. As always, we will see you next Sunday. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe, subscribe on YouTube. Make sure that you give it a five-star review, type a little, so, you know, type a little review. Oh my God. Love Des so much. She's funny. She's a comedian. Listen to her podcast, you know, type it up on Apple podcasts. I would appreciate it so much. We will see you guys next Sunday. As always, we never miss a beat over here. I love you guys. And we'll chat then. Mwah. That's all for this episode of Brunch with Des B. I hope you enjoyed hanging out, laughing, or maybe even crying with me today because let's be honest, you never know what you'll get here. Be sure to subscribe to my podcast, share with your family and friends, or even just to social media and tag me in it so I can share. Love you guys.